This is a show for people with awful parents. Abusive, narcissist parents that look perfect to the rest of the world. We don't get to pick our parents, but we can pick ourselves up, arm ourselves with knowledge, and burn brightest of them all. There are no bad kids here on the You Deserve Better podcast. And now your host, Mama Didn't Love Him, The Other Son. Welcome, you miserable ingrates. Welcome to the You Deserve Better podcast. I am your host, The Other Son. This is a show for people estranged from their toxic parents, so please do check your ticket stubs. Make sure you're in the right place. No refunds once the show starts. Stand clear of the closing doors. Episode 2, The Child Strikes Back. One of the main themes of my, of my healing journey from this, of my recovery, has been this newfound self-awareness, things I've been doing my whole life that I was completely blind to. And I was looking back on the first episode, and I noticed that I have this habit of making this sound at practically the beginning of every sentence. I'm watching it and I'm, I'm yelling at myself on the screen. Oh my God, that's so annoying. Stop that. So, so this will be an opportunity for uh, an experiment in real-time self-improvement as I seek to try to stop doing that. But it, like, it just happens when I open my mouth. So I have to consciously try to not do it. But I'm sure you'll catch me a lot. But uh, management is aware of the problem, and we are, we are seeking to remedy this as quickly as possible. Uh, the, first, uh, the first show was sort of a getting-to-know-you type of meet-and-greet thing, um, an introduction. Uh, but regular shows, starting with this one, are broken down into features, if you will, because this is a high-quality product we're putting out here. Uh, the first of which we are going to get into right now, in my experience, narcissists almost never come out and say what they really mean. They hide behind their words. We take that apart and see all through that right here on Words Matter. Words matter. Words matter. Words matter, matter. Words, words matter. When I had my awakening, we'll call it, my realization, and I had this self-awareness all of a sudden for the first time, one of the first things I noticed, one of the first and most dramatic things I noticed was the way I spoke to myself, the way I had talked to myself my whole life. Whenever I had made even the smallest, most routine mistake, I knocked something over, right? My response was always, and I would say this out loud, immediate, total self-condemnation. Why am I such an idiot? Why can't I do anything right? This was how I beat myself up all the time over the smallest things. And when I had my realization, it became immediately clear. This is my mother's voice planted in my head. Here I am continuing to do her dirty work for her. A little, little mom on my shoulder pointing at every mistake and saying, there, I told you you're worthless. You see, there's proof. There's proof. Mother, now available in a new convenient travel size. But wait, there's more. Even after I realized about this damaging self-talk, I soon found another more subversive type, which was I realized whenever I was talking about the future, making any kind of plans, I would always put these qualifiers in there, qualifiers of self-doubt. I'd say things like, hopefully I'll get this done, or with some luck, I'll get this finished. Why do I need hope or luck? Where did I learn that I, just by myself, am insufficient to get the job done? Oh, there you are again, mother. I found you hiding again. I will fight you till my dying breath on this one, mother. And with that, let's get into today's big topic. Big topic. 
It is my opinion that people who didn't grow up under this type of dysfunctional regime just just don't get it, and they never will. And good for them, you know, good for them to have not grown up under that. Uh, but uh, usually, I find that if I try to talk about things like this with them, I get like invalidating type responses, such as, "Oh, so your mother yelled at you?" I just can't make them see the difference in 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 the in like regular parenting and what I experienced. When I when I had my realization, my my newfound self awareness, I I saw for the first time finally this what appeared to be a small choice of wording repeated endlessly during my malleable formative years. This is where the damage was done. It was in criticizing the actor versus the action. When my mother was tearing me apart night after night, tearing into me, it was never your behavior was bad. It was always you are bad. When are you going to stop being such a goddamn brat? When are you going to straighten up and start being like the other kids? Night after night, teaching me to hate myself. I don't just do bad things. I am a bad thing. It's often, this is so normalized. This was so routine. This was just the way I was spoken to that it's often tough to recall specific instances, of course. But there is one time I do remember. I think perhaps you might even remember this one, Mother. <laughs> I was maybe uh, 12 or so, and you were in the midst of one of your classic meltdowns, one of your rage frenzies. And in the heat of the moment, you lashed out and called me a son of a bitch. And I happen to recall this particular instance because for once I had the presence of mind to retort, so what does that make you? And you didn't even miss a beat. That's right, I'm the bitch. Perfectly normal conversation between a mother and her 12-year-old child. I used to think that this was normal. I used to blame myself for this confrontation. I used to blame myself for things like this escalating to nuclear like that. Whose fault is it? Who's supposed to be the one setting the example, setting the tone, the adult or the child? Remind me. I used to blame myself. Now, I just think to myself, geez, how much do you have to fail as a parent to arrive at that spot where calling your own adolescent child a son of a bitch seems the real course of action, the rational course of action? And what was my crime this time, mother? Was I out stealing cars? Was I out doing vandalism like my golden child brother? No, no, it was more along the lines of maybe I got a bad grade or a complaint from a teacher or I didn't clean my room. Any parking ticket level infraction to go full blown on me. I gotta tell you, I have to wonder if your upbringing was so strict, so severe. Just kidding, we both know that that is indeed the case. We both know that the real son of a bitch in this equation was your father. A joyless, stern, domineering, cold, <clears throat> sociopath. <laughs> oh, I remember you dropped us off with him a couple weeks one summer, and his idea of fun with the grandkids was sitting us at the dining room table doing math homework. You grew up in fear of that man. I can only imagine how you must have shuddered when he bellowed your voice. You grew up in fear of him, just like I grew up in fear of you. You were abused too, Mom. Is that scared little girl still in there? And you passed it on down to me, your son of a bitch child. The tree remembers, the axe forgets.
Today, I do my best to be clear about this distinction of actor versus action in my communications. It's something else that I was blind to that I was doing. How many times in the past was I criticizing the person instead of the action? Did I say something like, wow, you screwed this up instead of that plan didn't work? How many times did I force someone to have to defend themselves rather than having a productive conversation about the real issue? This is uh, something I've learned about myself, and now that I'm improving that, it's another big improvement in my life, which is how we're going to segue into our final feature today. We deal with heavy topics on this show, but we don't have to wallow in the mucky muck. We always close on an up note, recognizing the things that are better. Things that are better. Da, 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 da. Things that are better. Do, 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 do. All my life, I knew something was wrong with me, but I... I didn't know what. Uh, I just, I knew that there were things wrong. Like I, I felt like a fake out trying to pose and fit in among the normies. I had my out of control emotions, my angry's too angry, my sad's too sad. I had this pit of loneliness in my stomach all the time. And of course I just, I hated myself. I just hated being me. I just hated being stuck with this. And I believed that I had it was just unexplainable. I believed I had some unique form of my own suffering that I would just, I would never truly understand. And when I had that realization, when I had the awakening, one of the first things, well, not one of the first, uh, but, but one of the things I learned was that these things wrong with me have proper names, such as when I'm feeling like a fake out in the, in the world, imposter syndrome. And when I found out about that, it finally put into words for me something that I couldn't. With my my angries and my sads being out of control. Now I understand about my emotional dysregulation. And the, the self-loathing, the pit of loneliness in my stomach, now I'm understanding about complex PTSD. And just knowing that it's, it's not just me, it's not just something flawed and damaged with me as I've been taught, but that these are the real things that I can address head on now. Like when I'm, when I'm having and you know, when I'm becoming you know, too angry or too sad, I can, I can talk myself down. You know this is your emotional dysregulation. When I, when I feel inadequate or like a fake, hey, that's just your imposter syndrome. You're just fine. Now I can confront these things. And just, just knowing that by itself is power. It's power for the first time. It's agency over my life. And uh, I got to tell you, mentally, I'm the healthiest I've ever been in my life. Oh, right on cue, Gene. All right. I, I always liked you, Gene. I always liked you. Email the show at udbpodcastrules at gmail.com. The website, youdeservebetter.com. There's a Facebook group. There's a YouTube channel. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your parents. I'll set them straight. Sponsorship opportunities are available. A girl's got to eat. Email Grace in our business office. She'll get you the deets. Special thanks to the one who made this all possible. And that's you, Mom. Hope to make you proud. Until we meet again, I am the other son. Let them burn their eyes on you. This is a show for people with awful parents. Abusive, narcissist parents that look perfect to the rest of the world. We don't get to pick our parents, but we can pick ourselves up arm ourselves with knowledge, and burn brightest of them all. There are no bad kids here on the You Deserved Better podcast. And now your host, Mama Didn't Love Him, The Other Son. 
Welcome, you miserable ingrates. Welcome to the You Deserve Better podcast. I am your host, The Other Son. I'd like to start off today. Oh, I made that sound right there. I just did it already. Okay. I see that I'm working on it. Uh, I'd like to start off today with a quick water break. If you are able to safely pause what you're doing for a moment and uh, get some water, let's have a nice drink of water together. So, so if you're able to do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to presume, go ahead and pause me right now and get your water. Okay, I'm going to presume you've done that and come back with your water. That was quick. Uh, let's get our water ready, everybody. And bottoms up. Ah, water. Mm. Ah. You'll be thinking of this later when you have to go pee. This show is a fully immersive experience. <clears throat> when I was in boot camp, they were always telling us to drink more water. It was the cure for everything. Drink more water. Feeling tired? Drink more water. Muscle cramp, drink more water. Broken leg, drink more water. <laughs> you know, it has generally not been in my nature to take good care of myself. It's not been my inclination. I've uh, done the bare minimum for my, my health and appearance. Never really accessorized or decorated myself because I was taught I was worthless. So why put lipstick on a pig? Now I still have to fight that inclination like with a lot of other things, but at least I do know to fight it. So... We need to take care of ourselves and stay hydrated. Our best revenge is to outlive them. And with that, moving on. Narcissists hide behind their words, but we see through all that right here on Words Matter. Words matter. Words matter. Words matter, matter, words, words matter. Let me just start by saying, I'm sorry if you felt that way. <laughs> Don't that just piss you off, though? It should. Hallmark of a narcissist, in my opinion, the pathological inability to accept responsibility. What's really being said here? Sorry, you felt that way. The problem is not what I did. No, the problem is in your response. It's one of the classic blunders, like, like going against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Inconceivable! Another one of those things that I learned the proper name for when I had my awakening... <clears throat> Gaslighting, gaslighting, it's a hux, it's a hux, they do it all the time. Gas, all right. <clears throat> I saw something in the news recently I'd like to share with you, my peeps. A corporate CEO scolded their employees during a video conference call for asking about their bonuses. The executive told the employees to, quote, leave pity city. Maybe you heard about this one. The video caused a public relations backlash, so the embattled executive issued an apology. Let's take a look at that apology from a highly successful person. I feel terrible that my rallying cry seemed insensitive. What I'd hoped would energize the team to meet a challenge we've met many times before landed in a way that I did not intend, and for that I am sorry. Wow. Lot to unpack here. Let's get started. Let's take it from the top. I feel terrible. My rallying cry seemed insensitive. You hear that? They feel terrible. You got the wrong idea. But wait, there's more cringe. What I'd hoped would energize the team to meet a challenge we've met many times before. A challenge we've met many times before, but what does making previous sales goals have to do with your insensitive comment? Eh. Nothing, but this is a typical narc switcheroo tactic. They're trying to get us to associate the words many times 
with the insensitive comment to create this suggestion that they've made comments like this many times without a problem before, so why are you making a problem now? I'll come back to this one in just a second, but moving on for now. Landed in a way that I did not intend, and for that, I am sorry. Their intentions were of the highest purity, but once again, there's those lousy other people messing everything up, and then putting a bow on it, putting a bow at the end there by saying, for that, I am sorry. To make sure that they are clear, they are not sorry for their behavior, only for the misguided responses of others. Just toxic to the very end. And remember, by the way, this is not some off-the-cuff comment, like the one that got them in trouble in the first place. They had time to write this, to think about it, to rewrite, and they knew there'd be public scrutiny. And yet, this was still the statement they felt would present their position in the best possible light. Utterly oblivious. And the many times before line was a bit triggering for me because it specifically reminded me of that time that I asked my mother about why you didn't come to visit me in four years of boarding school. And her or off-guard response was, uh, I, I, I just couldn't afford to come out every weekend. Every weekend, who said, there it is. There's that switcheroo tactic. Uh, it's a clumsy effort to try to create this sort of both sides, like false narrative. So we see through all that right here. We're going to close on a simple truth, and I'm sure a lot of you can say this one along with me. The only sincere apology is changed behavior. And with that, on to today's Big Topic. Special thanks, by the way, to Christian Bale for coming in on such short notice, too, to uh, sing that jingle in the character of Batman. I do appreciate it. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And with that, time for some more water. This water thing might become a regular thing, like I got to drink a bottle of water every episode or something. Then I'll be having to pee. But it's worth it. It's worth it. It's a sacrifice I'm willing to make to promote good water health. All right. Um, just like with anyone else, uh, I hope, uh, from time to time, I have childhood memories. I recall things from distant childhood. Uh, you know, maybe something reminds you, um, a song or something. Or they say, I hear that scent is one of the most powerful triggers of memories. I used to view these memories passively, like just watching home movies, watching the events go by. But now, when I look back on these moments, now I often notice details that seemed normal at the time, but now I have questions. And one of those recollections is the splinter story. I was about nine years old, dating back to that lousy apartment, the worst of it. Mother, brother, and I flew to the East Coast to visit my aunt, who lived on a farm. During the visit, uh, my brother and I are playing with my cousins, and at some point, I'm crawling around on a board of plywood, and I managed to get a splinter lodged in the heel of my hand. Uh, I tried to get it out myself. I couldn't, so I panicked, and I kept it hidden. On the plane ride home, I'm sitting next to my mother, and... I can't hide it anymore. She sees the injury, and she makes a scene about it. Uh, after getting a safety pin and getting the splinter out, I specifically remember her pinching her thumbs around the wound and squeezing out this pea-sized gob of green pus while she's scolding me to look at it. See? See? I remember that. When I recently recalled this, the first thing I asked myself was, why did I hide that from my mother? Why does a nine-year-old child hide an injury from their mother? Is it because I was born a bad kid? Or did I learn this behavior from previous attempts? Going to mother in the past just meant getting yelled at again. 
Let's take another walk down memory lane, shall we? This was back in that hellscape apartment, mother, so I'm 10 or younger. You poked your head in my room one day, and you said, what died in here? And this time you were right, actually. Um, under my bed, an injured baby bird I'd found was trying to nurse back to health. It died. And I panicked, tried to conceal it, but I mean, I'm a kid, I don't know any better, so of course the smell quickly gives it away. Why did I hide this from you? Some kids would go to their parents with something like this. Maybe the parents try to help, take the bird to a shelter, try to nurse it back. Maybe the bird dies anyway, but at least then there's, you know, the parents sharing that moment with the child, the child remembering the parent being there, being compassionate. But then there's my mother, unable to love, unable to nurture, because you yourself were not loved or nurtured, not by your awful authoritarian father. If ever there were to be a way forward for us, mother, it could only be if you went back and confronted your own abusive childhood, just like I'm doing. You gotta do the work. Did you hide things from your father too? Turns out, that's not a sign of a healthy relationship. I also realized that I've been hiding things in my adult relationships. And to what end? If I feel the need to hide something in a relationship, then why should I even be in that relationship? It seems obvious now, but I was messed up. And with that, let's move on. We deal with heavy topics here on this show, but no need to wallow in the mucky muck. We always close on an up note with things that are better. Things that are better. Da, 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 da. Things that are better. Do, 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 do. With my new self-awareness, I recognized a pattern throughout my relationships, both friendships and romantic relationships. I saw they weren't relationships of equals. I always put myself below the other person. Because of my shattered self-esteem, my self-loathing, I felt I had to give to maintain these relationships, like bribing people to be my friends. Sometimes it was more blatant and transactional, like hanging out with friends, I'd always be the one to drive, or sometimes picking up the tab. But I also noticed it in ways that were less obvious. Like among a group of friends, I'd almost never be explicitly invited. It was more like, I'd hear about it and be like, oh, can I come along too? It's embarrassing how blind I was to their indifference. That's the standard I set for myself for friends. Here I was still begging for the attention I never got from my mother. I'm not really sure I've even had a friendship of equals. But now, now, and here's the things that are better, now I am incapable of allowing myself to be treated that way. Case in point. There's a guy I knew like a dozen years or so, considered him a friend. Like a year ago, I texted to ask him something. Didn't reply. Like a week later, I text him again. Still no answer. A few months later, I run into him, and he's like, oh, yeah, hey, sorry I can get back with you, man. Been really busy. I mean, the old me would have just been like, uh, okay, yeah, sure, yeah, whatever. Would have just taken that excuse and been like, I can still tell people we're friends, right? But now, now it's like alarms are going off. He's practically screaming in my face. You are not important enough to reply to. I mean, I figure pretty much anyone poops enough in a week to find 30 seconds to text back, hey man, kind of busy. It's, it's a crappy excuse. Frankly, 
It stinks. Okay, those are the type of obvious blow-offs that just sailed over my head. The people I've known in my life to this point, they're just, they're used to treating me this way, and they're not going to change. So I largely have to leave them behind. And among those I need to leave behind are my family. They're never going to change the way they see me, the way they treat me. (laughs) That's why I am no contact. Five stars. Highly recommend. So I will find new people my people, who will respect my new boundaries and engage me as an equal because I deserve it, I am worth it, and gosh darn it, people like me. Yeah! Gene, it's like you're in my head, man. Oh, I got a nickname for you, by the way. I'm going to tell you, I got a nickname. I'm going to call you Blue Gene, but I know someone else must have called you that. I can't be the first. Really? Uh, hey, anyway, uh, email email the show, udbpodcastrules at gmail. Attention, Grace in the business office, if you're looking to get in on the ground floor of this burgeoning media empire. Facebook group, YouTube channel, like, share. Let's change the world one bad parent at a time. I am the other son. Until we meet again, let them burn their eyes on you. <laughs>